Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the newest program, Core Essentials, is now available. This program is going to give you everything that you need to build core strength as a runner. No more sit-ups, no more V-ups. We're talking about the deep core muscles that stabilize your lumbar spine, your pelvis, and your hips so you can run faster and hit your running goals this fall. The fun part about this program is you can either do the program with a follow-along workout format where I'm demonstrating and teaching you the exercises through a follow-along class, or you can go the self-paced route where you'll receive each of the exercises for that day and you can do them on your own time. These bite-sized classes are going to be perfect for adding on to your run days or after a strength workout. And in just six weeks, you're gonna see a full transformation of your core. So I can't wait for you to go through this program. For more information on this program, I will link it below in the show notes. I think one of the most confusing parts about finding your ideal cadence is that there's no magic number and there's no magic formula. So today, let's go over what you should be focusing on if you're trying to increase your cadence and if 180 steps per minute should be your goal cadence. Welcome to Rehab for Runners, the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential with tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. Hey there, runner. Welcome back to Rehab for Runners. I hope your runs are going well with this spring weather. I don't know about you, but where I live in Virginia, it is like 60 degrees and beautiful because the humidity hasn't hit us yet, and the summers can be really brutal with the humidity, but the only thing about the spring, as beautiful as it is, is the pollen is terrible, so if you don't take that allergy pill in the morning, you are suffering on your run later on but it's always nice to enjoy a run with the sun shining after a long winter. Today, I wanted to talk about a myth that has been around for years and still is around today, and that's that 180 steps per minute should be a goal cadence. And cadence is really just the steps you take per minute. So if you take a step with your right foot, you take a step with your left foot, that's two steps. So this myth is saying that runners should basically have a goal at around 180 steps per minute. However, this is not a one-size-fits-all number because that's saying your cadence should be 180 steps per minute despite your experience, where you're running, like the terrain, your pace, your stride length, your speed. There's just so many other factors that go into it. So the 180 steps per minute is not necessarily a good goal. And it really came from watching elite runners in, I believe it was a marathon race, and someone calculated that the average steps per minute that they took was around 180. But let's dive into what else goes into cadence and maybe what else you should be focusing on instead of getting fixated on this number. I remember when I was injured about four and a half years ago and I could barely run without the pain coming on 
And I would look into research articles and they would actually say to increase your cadence. So to me, that meant shorten your stride. And with that came really short, choppy steps. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've tried increasing your cadence and it just comes down to these short, choppy steps. And it almost feels like you're going nowhere fast. It's you're just increasing your leg turnover. And I like to relate it to being on a very low gear for your bike and just pedaling really hard. And you're not necessarily going any bit faster. You're just working harder. And that's really how it feels when you try to increase your cadence just by shortening your stride. Research says to do so, so why not try it? And the pain doesn't necessarily go away. It just feels more exhausting. And it's really hard to keep up with those short choppy steps for a long period of time. So that's clearly not the answer. It's really not what the research is even promoting or wanting you to do when you increase your cadence. Your cadence number or your steps per minute, it might come up as SPM on your running watch under your data, but your cadence really comes down to your speed and your stride length. So if you're running at an easy, slower pace, maybe your stride length is correlated with that speed, your cadence is going to be lower versus if you're running at a race pace, you're running in a race, you're running speed intervals, your cadence is going to be higher. And that's because as you increase your speed, your stride length should also increase. Now, this is not saying that you're overstriding. It's saying that the length from your right foot to your left foot is going to be longer as your speed increases, which makes sense because normally with a slower pace, and that makes sense because we shouldn't necessarily be having a very long stride length with a slower, easier pace. Now, this is going to all be dependent on your height, but it's just relative to that faster pace. So when the research talks about increasing your cadence, what they really want you to do is not overstride. They want you to have that foot landing closer under your center of mass. So they're thinking if you have a slower cadence at an easy pace and you're having those shin splints, they're thinking that you are also overstriding, which just means your foot is landing further out in front of you. Maybe you've been able to feel this or you know that you overstride. A lot of heel strikers will overstride as well, kind of like reaching with that heel as your foot hits the ground. So they're correlating a lower cadence with someone who overstrides. And as you overstride, you increase that force and that load from the ground into now your foot, your ankle, your knee, your hips. And that can over time cause an overuse injury because now all of a sudden there's less shock being absorbed and it's almost like that force is just going straight through one of your tissues or your muscles. And over time that can lead to those shin splints. So if you're overstriding, you're more likely to have a lower cadence. And that's basically what the research is getting at. So they're thinking If you can increase your cadence, and they usually give the number at around five to seven steps per minute, which is not a lot if you think about it. So they're thinking if you can increase that cadence, you can now prevent yourself from overstriding and you're now more likely to land under that center of mass, which should be your goal when your foot hits the ground. 
So that center of mass, their thinking is around your hips and your pelvis region. So if you can land under that center of mass, even at an easy pace, your cadence is still going to be a little bit higher. But remember, there's no ideal number. So that's when it gets a little tricky because you're thinking, okay, if I increase my cadence, I still don't know if this is a good cadence, but I'm going to try to increase that cadence. I'm going to try to decrease that pain. And it really comes down to where's your foot landing in relationship to the ground and what are your symptoms? If you can land with that foot under your center of mass, you have less pain, your cadence might be a little bit higher, then you're good to go. And that's ideally the entire goal and the entire theme behind increasing your cadence. But unfortunately, that's not always the case when someone tries to increase their cadence. Like I said before, when I first tried, I was just had really short, choppy steps. It was almost like you're not on the ground long enough to even have and store that elastic energy that comes from the ground in order to promote any sort of power, any sort of speed. So just to give you an example, if I jumped on my treadmill and I was running at 6.0, let's say 6.0 miles per hour, and I had, you know, a rhythmic cadence, let's say I was overstriding and I started to develop those shin splints. I could decrease my stride length and increase my cadence and have those short choppy steps at the same speed. So just because your cadence increases doesn't necessarily mean your speed increases. It should be that case, but what they hear when they hear increased cadence is let me just take those shorter steps, which is going to correlate to those short choppy steps. So that's when you need a little bit more insight into what truly goes into increasing your cadence and what is the science behind it so you can understand it versus having an inefficient running form if you're overstriding and then also having an inefficient running form if you're understriding or taking short choppy steps because both aren't ideal at the end of the day. So the whole goal behind increasing your cadence should really be to decrease that pain and improve your running form. There's a ton of different factors that are going to go into your cadence to decrease your pain, such as hip extension and hip mobility and push off and your leg swing and your trunk position. But the end result should still come down to you landing under that center of mass versus overstriding because those two different areas where your foot hits the ground can 100% make the difference between having pain and decreasing your pain. When I work with my one-on-one clients and I analyze their running form, I almost rarely ask what their cadence is. And that's because there's all these other factors that go into decreasing pain and having an efficient running form with cadence being something that should automatically increase as you improve your running form. So as you have a more efficient running form, you're focusing on your leg swing and your trunk position and where your foot is landing, your cadence is going to get higher, especially if you came to me with a big overstride and an inefficient leg swing, your cadence is probably a little bit lower. So it's almost like cadence is this end result of improving your running form and improving your running efficiency. So if I'm going to look at cadence, which I do sometimes, especially for myself, I always like to just compare just to see what the difference is in my cadence, but I always compare two different cadences. 
So if I'm going to look at cadence, uh, which I do sometimes, and I'll compare my own, and it's more out of curiosity than anything, but I'm going to look at two different cadences. So as you increase your speed and you increase your stride length, your cadence is going to increase. Think of the race pace or your faster runs. And the opposite applies. So if you decrease your speed and you decrease your stride length, you're going to have a lower cadence. So if you think about having race pace and an easy run pace, or you can think of it as like a speed workout pace. So you don't want to necessarily compare a cadence for a slower pace to a cadence of your faster pace. You want to keep your your cadences for your slower pace and compare those as a group and then compare your faster pace, your race pace, your intervals and your speed workouts and keep those separate because these are going to be two different cadences. They should not be the same because you're increasing your speed, which means you should be increasing your cadence versus having that easier pace, that slower pace cadence. So these should be two separate cadences. You can always look at them about three months apart. So just take the average cadence over the past couple weeks, maybe compare it to the average cadence of six months ago or three months ago, and then maybe a year ago, and just compare how the number, and just compare the number. So especially if you're having pain right now, maybe you didn't have pain a year ago, you can always look at that cadence and just see if that's something that you need to be working on, you need to be focusing on instead of being really fixated on having that 180 steps per minute as your goal. There's two different types of runners that I really recommend that even look at their cadence or pay attention to their cadence. And the first group of runners is those that are injured or maybe they're running with a little bit of pain. They should be the ones that are really looking at what is my cadence? How can I maybe increase my cadence by by about five steps per minute? And the second group of runners is those that have a higher mileage per week. So maybe you're training for a race, you're getting into a higher mileage that maybe you've never hit before. Those runners are going to be more likely to develop those overuse injuries. So that's another good group that should be looking and just paying attention to cadence. So to sum it up, I think cadence is something that we should pay attention to, but it's not something that has a ton of clarity with what exactly our numbers should be for each type of run. I honestly wish there was a formula so we could take into account our height and our speed and our stride length. Maybe one day there will be, but right now there's not. So there's no number that you have to be hitting in order to prevent injuries or decrease your pain. It really comes down to a bunch of different factors. And instead of being so fixated on that cadence, it should just be something that's in the back of your mind, something you're focusing on. But what I really want you to do instead of being fixated on that cadence number is pay more attention to your running form. Try to improve your running form, paying more attention to where your foot hits the ground, your trunk position, and your leg swing, because that's going to make a bigger impact in your pain level and preventing injuries compared to your cadence number. If this episode was helpful, make sure you give it a review and rate it. I would really, really appreciate it. And I will see you next time. Bye.